what, a week now? Two weeks? One week? Two weeks. This is the second week. Yeah. We're sad. Nah. But how are you folks doing this morning? Good? Anybody tired in this in this house? Yeah? Two? Me, I'm tired. I, I'm going to get to that. Uh, a few of us went hunting yesterday, all day. Woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning and got up to, went up to Poli Poli and hiked around. Left at 6.30 at night. We spent almost 12 hours up there on the mountain going up and down ridges trying to find what we did not kill. It was good. It was amazing. <laughs> we, so we spotted a goat a few ridges over. It was a little over 300 yards away. Not confident at all with the shot whatsoever. Thought it's already 3.30, almost 4 o'clock. Let's just try. We didn't shoot anything. I want to shoot my gun. We have something to shoot at. So, set up. Like, okay, after I shoot, if there's another shot, let's, let's try again. So I shoot. I miss. I have no idea where the shot went. I didn't see dust. I didn't see anything. So then, obviously, then our friend shoots another shot, and we think we hit it. Because it, I don't know if you... This is a little morbid, but if you go hunting and you shoot an animal, sometimes it makes some weird noises. And so it was kind of making one of those weird noises, but we weren't 100% sure. So we go looking for it. So now we got to cross all those ridges that we just shot over. And so we're going down one, up the next, down one, up the next. And we're slowly making our way down to where it's easier to walk. And then we have to go back up the ridge to go find it and look for it. Lo and behold, it's not there. So then we have to walk back down, down and up, down and up, all the way back to where we left our stuff, which was probably another 100 yards away from our other stuff that we had, which was down the hill from the, where the truck was. And by the time we're on that last hill, I, I'm walking like a zombie. I can barely stand. My legs are shaking at this point. I'm just, okay. This is about all I can do without falling down. And one time I almost, cr- I was crawling up the hill. They, they didn't know. But because <laughs> they were in front of me. And I was like, I'm just going to crawl for a little bit. And so I got on my hands and knees and I just crawled up the hill <laughs> for a bit. I shared that because we're, talk- we're going to be talking about opposition this morning. That in ministry, when we begin to want to minister to people, that there's going to be opposition that comes against us. Yeah? How many of you know that we have an enemy and the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy? Yeah? We have an enemy. And so whenever we try to do something for God, we try to take ground for the Lord that there is an opposition that comes against us. And prayer is our weapon. Prayer is greater than the opposition that we are going to face. Opposition and ministry, they come hand in hand. 
When we begin to minister to other people, they come together. They're like, hey, you want to minister to people? I'm going to come with you. Opposition is there. And what we can do is we can kick opposition to the curb through prayer evangelism. And how many of you have ever heard about prayer evangelism before? Any few hands? No hands. This is awesome. So good. Next week, not this week, next week, Pastor John is coming back. How many of you excited for that? I'm excited. Anybody else online excited? I am very excited because then he's going to do most of the preaching. <laughs> but prayer evangelism, amazing, amazing method on how to minister peace, love, mercy, and joy into an area. And we're going to be going, we're going to unpack that next week with Pastor John. But the opposition, it will come, it will come, but the victory has already been won against it. I'm going to talk about spiritual climates a little bit this morning. The spiritual climate of an area that we live in, an area we work in, an area that uh, we serve in, it's going to be directly affected by the actions of those people that are involved within that area. Amen? First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, the correct verse. Last time it was not. It was First Timothy 2, verse 12. And if you want to get a laugh, go ahead and look that up. But 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, it says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high place, uh, positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. When we pray, when we pray for those who are in those high positions, those prominent positions, it allows God the opportunity to move. Amen? Because he likes to partner with us. He wants to partner with you. He wants to partner with me in order to bring about his kingdom on this earth. He could easily do it himself, but he chooses to partner with us in order to bring about his, his mission. When there are righteous actions being done, there is a spiritual climate, a climate of quietness, of peacefulness, of loy, of love. Loy? Loy? What word is loy? Love. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> when there's unrighteous actions, it's the opposite. Yeah? It's the opposite. It's chaotic. It's turbulent in, in its nature. But, ungodliness, that it will decrease as a spiritual climate, climate, spiritual climate begins to change. Oh my goodness. Whew. I think I need to crawl for a bit right now. <laughs> ungodliness will decrease as a spiritual climate begins to improve and it begins to change. Amen. Oh, man. The book of Luke, there's two different climates that Jesus faces in the book of Luke. 
first nine chapters is just a climate of opposition, okay? Just opposition. Jesus is rejected and threatened in his hometown. He's challenged by multiple demons. Pharisees and scribes, they're against him. Doubt crept into John the Baptist. There's a supernatural storm that is brought on to sink the boat that Jesus was sleeping in. He was rejected for his good works, and his disciples even begin to hinder the ministry and the mission because they begin to argue and they don't love as what Jesus loves and they have pride issues. Anybody else feel the same way? Like you got, we got some of those issues, pride, don't love all the things that Jesus loves sometimes. Yeah. However, however, there is a favorable climate that is experienced in chapters 11 through 24. And that one chapter in the middle, chapter 10, Jesus gives the method or the, the vehicle in order to bring about this peace and this change to the spiritual climate. And in chapter 10, we find the model of prayer evangelism which Pastor John is going to go over next week. So I'm personally not telling you these things so that you have to come next week and figure out what this is because this is really good stuff and it'll change the climate of whatever situation that you're in or area that you're in. And we're going to hear a testimony of Uncle Miles and Auntie Joyce of how prayer transforms a business and how prayer evangelism transforms the spiritual climate of a community. Amen? And that's so good to see and to hear and to understand that as we pray, God moves because he hears us. Amen? When we pray to the Lord, when we are about his business and we pray for his protection, his wisdom, his guidance, he begins to administer those things to us so that we can have victory in those areas. And we can see his kingdom move and his kingdom go forward and we can gain ground in his name. Amen? That's good. The victory has already been won when opposition comes our way. All we have to do is to drop on our knees and pray. When the opposition comes, that we drop on our knees and we pray. And we bring it before the Lord and we allow him the opportunity to fight for us and with us, to encourage us and to love on us so that we can go forward and take ground for him. Amen. So I want to call up Uncle Miles and Auntie Joyce right now. Uncle Miles, can you come up first and give him a, a hand? Now, this is, this is an amazing testimony of prayer. Amen? Yeah. Thank you. Pastor Zach is uh, tired. I'm retired. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joyce and I are, are ordinary people. We sit right there. Actually, Joyce hasn't come for over a year or so, anyway, but we normally sit right there, you know, and we are not uh, evangelists, theologians, or anything. Uh, actually, I'm a small businessman. Uh, we're, we're in our 41st year of business right now, you know, kind of, and uh, my family and others have uh, called me a miserly person. I term it frugal. <laughs> but anyway, um, money has, uh, you know, always been a problem. I've kind of uh, 
so hard to get money, so I kind of hang on to it a little bit too much. And uh, as, this was especially so when we became saved and uh, I had to start tithing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was a, I was, you know, we used to go to church, uh, we got saved, and I was a good boy. I gave $2 in the offering plate every week, you know. And, but anyway, uh, eventually Joyce and the church was bugging me about tithing, and it was really quite a battle. I mean, you cannot believe what a battle it was. But anyway, um, in fact, I used to worry, do I give before tithe of before tax or after tax? Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know? And uh, by, by the way, it, it does not matter. If you give before tax or after tax, you're going to end up with the same amount after Uncle Sam takes his cut. And if you need, the, if you need that, uh, that math, I actually did it on a spreadsheet. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. So, so give before tax. But anyway, my, uh, our story this morning, my story is actually how I started the battle of tithing, how I overcame that battle, and how at the end of all of that, God transformed my soul to love to give my money to God's work, which uh, according to Joyce is quite a miracle. <laughs> But anyway, who remembers, you know, back in the 90s, the recession that we had? It was a, the worst recession in America's history, and uh, our business went through that. We started in the 90s and just gradually every year went down and down. And um, 1999, we started off bad, and then it got worse. In fact, uh, we were projected to lose a lot of money that year. We're gonna probably lose about half the value of a home at that time. And you know, which was a lot for us. And uh, anyway, two years before that, uh, I met God at a conference and uh, you know, I asked God, you know, when you meet God first time for me, I asked him, what, what, do, you, what do you want from me? And I uh, got scared about what God might say and things, you know. But anyway, God at, just clearly told me he wants me to pray for two hours a day. And uh, I said, okay. And it was a, a really hard journey. I mean, up to then, I didn't pray every day. And if when I did pray, sometimes it would be for 30 seconds while I'm driving down to work, you know. But... And so I sat down and did the two hours. It took a long time. And in the middle of the year, in one of my prayers, God talked to me again. And he said, he wants half of my business. He wants to be my partner. And this is the year that we're going to lose a lot of money. So I'm thinking, oh, you like half of that? You got it. And at the end of the year, if you're my partner, you got to pay me back what I lost, half of it anyway. So anyway, uh, while I was doing that, you know, I mean, my brain was going on the business side, and yet God was touching me. And then God clearly said we was going to make a specific dollar amount, which was a huge amount. And uh, 
it was more money than we had ever made. We were in business for 19 years at that point. And God said, you can make this amount of money, which was more than we've ever made in the history of our company. And, you know, here I am filled with the Spirit, but then I'm thinking, this is, you know, we've never ever made that kind of money in the best of times. And this is in the worst of times. And God said, we're going to make that kind of money? Yeah, right. But anyway, I told my wife, and business improved. The long story being short is that by the end of the year, we wiped out the loss we had, and we made the money that God said we was going to make to the dollar. That was, the, that was the best year in our company's history. In the middle of the worst recession, that's a miracle. And for the first time in my life, I had no problem in writing a check to God. I mean, first time, I just, yeah, right, you know. And uh, the problem, though, I encountered was uh, I didn't believe God's word. So I had no idea what to do with this money. Here we have half of the profits we've got to write a check out. And so I got caught with this dilemma of what to do with the money. So with that, uh, let me introduce my wife, Joyce. By, by the way, you, you know, in 30, 20, 30 years ago, everybody would tell me, tell Joyce, oh, you Miles' husband. And in the last 15, 10, 15 years, they would all say, oh, you Joyce's <laughs> husband. So they call me Mr. Joyce now. <laughs> so Joyce. Only because he encourages that. But I do want to share something. Um, before Miles agreed to give the money, he actually refused to give the money. Um, we were living right down the street here. We were doing really well. Business was doing well. We were building a house up in Wailuku Heights, and we were renting a home right around the corner here. And one night he wakes me up, Joyce, Joyce, God told me to give 50%. And uh, I says, oh, okay. And then we went back to sleep. And the next morning, I brought it up, and he says, I didn't say that. God never told me that. And I got to tell you, when you, God, you promised something, and he said he was going to do it, God still holds you accountable. And that was the beginning of us starting to lose our business, which would have meant we would have lost our house. What would have happened from there? So two messages. Follow God when he tells you to do something. You say yes. Make sure you do it. Second thing is, you always get a second chance, because he had a second chance. God is good that way. And then uh, 1999, he was starting to, we were starting to do really well financially, obviously. He gave that testimony just a moment ago. And 1999, I figured out how to spend his money. I'm really good at that. We have two businesses, one that makes money, one that spends money. Guess what I'm really good at? And uh, we started what was called a youth group. I mean, a youth group is, I was a youth leader for years, even before we started this church. I was an interdenominational youth leader. We did drama, dance, music. We traveled around. My kids were all in that. And some kids started coming who came only because we had food. And these kids actually went around from youth group to youth group to youth group to get the food because they had no food at home. 
And that they reminded me of a kid we knew when we were just dating. We used to go to Makapu Beach, and these we'd always bring food. And this one young man from across the street, this is Waimanalo area, uh, would come out, sit down, and just start eating our food. And the guys would all get really upset with him. They even, even one day they wanted to just beat him up. I mean, there was these big Hawaiians, all these guys, beach guys. And uh, I sat down and talked with him. And I found out that his parents had told him there's no food. You've got to go find food wherever you can find it. So he was, you know, like the other kids, these youth group kids, we're going from place to place to place to place at the churches, the youth groups to get their food. He was going from beach picnic table to picnic table to picnic table to get his food. And uh, so these kids were coming to us simply for food. So we started buying Food. I started buying food. He had no idea how much money I was spending on that. And actually, I got to tell you, when he was refusing to tithe, I was sneaking money into that, <laughs> into those offering plates. He probably figured it out down the road, but I'd just go get some cash and just throw it in the offering plate. And uh, <laughs> wives that did that, God blesses us for it. <laughs> Anyway, back to this, and then long story short, we started with just a few kids. A couple years later, Feed My Sheep moved into Grace Bible Church. We gave it the name. Pastor Eddie was getting all these scriptures about feeding the poor, and I told, shared this story because in 2001, we had uh, September 11th. People all of a sudden had no jobs, no money, stuck here didn't know how to get home to the mainland. A man came to us one time, had a small family. He started weeping when I started giving him his food because we give a lot of food. He then walked around and started to walk around the corner, and I, I carried some of the food with him. He had this brand-new Mercedes, and he's just weeping. And I was able to say, everybody needs help sometimes. This is just your time. But it helped me to understand. And it, the growth just started that year. Pastor Eddie was hearing from God, start feeding the poor. We moved into this place. And I remember telling him, you know, Pastor Eddie, from six families, I think here we could do 20 families in a few weeks, a couple months at least. 70 families were coming in. We didn't know how we were going to pay for it. We found somebody who could, right? <laughs> so we got it all paid for. And then, long story short, down the road, we just kept growing. Other churches started wanting to join the effort because we were using what you're going to learn next week, prayer evangelism. So pay attention next week to that because, yeah, it works. But we kept growing over the years until it wasn't long. We were doing 4,000, 5,000. We got up to 9,000 down the road. Things slowed down the last few years as it got better. And we got down to her doing regularly 3,000 people, giving them a week's worth of food. But when we got hit with COVID-19, overnight, we went from 3,000 people to 20,000 people. It was awful. We had to figure out how to do the cars, get them out of line, social distancing, masks. It was awful. But what was amazing is God provided. We never ran out of food. He gave us wisdom on how to manage this. Now, others follow suit. We were kind of like the example for the state on how to do lines and how to, how to do the social distancing, how to qualify people. 
it made us a better organization. And then again, you know, I remember when we first started going to Grace Bible with Feed My Sheep, I would go, oh, Lord, if we only had $5,000 a year, we'd do great. And then it didn't take very long for me to say, Lord, if we only had $50,000, we would do great. I got to tell you, last year, through CARES Act money, other funding, mostly government money, and the donations, we received just under a million dollars. And then... Uh, not only that, we received, <laughs> Jeff Bezos donated to us $500,000 of Amazon stock, one of the top five stocks, $500,000. That's absolutely amazing. From a little organization that was getting food to six people to now, we're, at, we're back to 3,000. People approximately, because people are actually, you may not believe it, but people are actually doing a lot better right now. But we're prepared, and we know God will provide if we go up again. Because there was a time, and I know they gave testimony a few weeks ago about how we ran out of food, had no food in our trucks, went out in faith to maybe give a few people, two, three, four, five. And then God provided enough for 120 and another 120 the next distribution. He just filled up the boxes. You know, God is so good, he actually begged it for us. We didn't even have to put it in bags. <laughs> it was boxed ready and on the shelves of our truck, just ready to be passed out. So with that being said, who are we? We're nobody. We're just, just people wanting to be obedient people who are praying, people who are wanting to share God's love, and people who take a scripture like Luke 10 and make it a reality. Because God's word is alive. It's not just words on a book. It's alive, and it works. So I know my husband wanted to share a little bit at this point. Oh, I wanted to say, you know, every time I share anything, I always start praying as I, before, can I get a joke for us to get everybody started? Well, today, in both services, Jack, Zach is my joke. <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm not that tired yet. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, Joyce and I are ordinary people, just like everybody here. We sit down and... Uh, where I am a sinner saved by grace, but God uses ordinary people. So everyone here, you know, is, is literally touched by God. And just as a closing testimony, since uh, we took the step and gave God 50% of our profits, our business has doubled. Our profits has quadrupled. Uh, I was asked to write a book about this testimony. Uh, we have been invited to preach into China, Asia, South America, Mexico, throughout America. Uh, we help to fund Feed My Sheep. And by the way, their, Feed My Sheep's goal is to eliminate poverty on Maui. How's that for a goal? And uh, we've been given a mantle of leadership here on Maui. I was uh, asked to become the 
chairman of the Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, that's normally safe for, you know, a big shot business guy. Here I am walking in. Joyce has been appointed by the mayor for a committee on homelessness that she's doing a lot on. But the bottom line on it is that um, when we committed to give 50% of our the income from our company, uh, a few years later, the half that we get, got to keep, because we gave half of it away, so the half that we got to keep was six times more than the whole that we used to keep. You guys got that? Let me repeat it again. The half that we keep is six times more than the whole. That's God's arithmetic. And uh, with that, Feed My Sheep was launched. But anyway, all of this, you know, our testimony and everything from ordinary people sitting right there and all, all started with prayer. For me, into us giving 50% to Joyce starting Feed My Sheep. And in prayer, God can and will touch every single person and give them their ministry for his plan for the rest of your lives. Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love what he said that they're just ordinary people. And it's the testimony of how when we pray and we give God our time, talents, and our treasures, when we give him what he is asking of us, that he takes who we are, what we are, and he does something extraordinary with it. Amen? You have something in you, something to give the Lord. The five loaves and two fishes of your life that he is asking you to hand to him so that he can do something extraordinary with it. That he can do something extraordinary with it. And when we do, we're going to find that opposition will come our way. Opposition will come your way. But the victory has been won through prayer. Through your prayer. By falling on your knees and praying and seeking the Lord. Amen? We have a testimony of that right now. That you've heard. A testimony of what prayer can do, what prayer will lead us to do, and allow God to move in our lives and through our lives. Talking about prayer evangelism next week with Pastor John. Chapter 10 records this process, okay? Luke chapter 10, when he sends out the 70 disciples two by two he gives them instructions of what to do and that completely changes the spiritual climate of Israel in that time to where he wasn't dealing with the demonic opposition that he was dealing with if I'm not mistaken there's only two instances after from chapter 11 to chapter 24 there's only two instances of any demonic opposition. Four things 
associated with prayer evangelism, speaking peace, fellowship, taking care of felt needs, and proclaiming the good news. These four steps that we're going to dive into next week. So come back next week. It's going to be good. Um, Now, as we pray and we implement these four steps that we're going to learn about next week, we're going to see God move in our lives. We're going to see God move within your family, within your workplace, within your business, within your friend group, wherever you serve, whatever you do, when you do these things, the spiritual climate begins to shift and it begins to change to allow God to move within people's lives. Amen? When we begin to see the spiritual climate shift, that's when the doors open. And we've seen that through Auntie Joyce's testimony. Because they implement this with Feed My Sheep. Went from, what was it, six, six families to now serving over 3,000 people, hungry people on the island, to having the ear of the mayor. That is favor right there. And when those steps are implemented and the spiritual climate changes, favor begins to flow through that area. And this is what happens. You begin to get the ear of your boss. Yeah? Opportunities to minister to clients. To pray without any backlash where normally you would. Those are the type of opportunities and favor that God provides for us when we choose to step out in faith to minister to those around us. Amen? We can stand. And I don't want to pray for us this morning. Lord, we thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. We know that when we step out in faith and we begin to minister to those around us, we know that opposition will come. But we also know that you have won the victory, that it's through our prayers and partnering with you, Lord, that we will see the opposition decrease and favor increase in our lives. When opposition comes that we fall on our knees and we begin to pray and we begin to seek you for wisdom and guidance and understanding and favor in order to go about doing what you have called us to do, that you make the way. I pray for each and every single one of us here, ordinary people, Lord, called by you to do extraordinary things through your power, not through our might, but your might and your power, that extraordinary things can be done in your name. And so I thank you so much for every ordinary person in this house right now, Lord, that you, there's a calling on their lives to do extraordinary things in your name and for you. You called us to take back, to take back ground that the enemy has taken. 
And you promise that as we go forward, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us because you have won the victory. That there is nothing to fear. God, thank you for going before us. For paving the way. Lord, we trust in you, we honor you, and we bless your name. We thank you. Bless each and every person as they leave this place. And that you begin to speak to them. That you begin to speak to them what you want them to do. And where you want them to go. Lord, open up each and every ear to hear. Every heart to receive. And eyes to see. And so we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Leilani, here you go.